Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 64 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to share with you the 10-step process to raising private finance. Now, this is something I normally only share on my 12-month Property Mastermind program, but I'm going to give you a summary of this process because I think it's really important that you understand at some point, most people run out of their own money. But rather than stopping your property investing, you can actually use other people's money to fund your properties. Now, the reason other people lend you money is because they're going to get a great return on their money, which might otherwise be sitting in the bank doing absolutely nothing for them. Now, most people don't like the idea of approaching people and asking for money because it doesn't feel very comfortable. I'm going to share with you this process that makes it very straightforward. But you do need to follow the process and use each of the steps that have been very carefully put together. So the first step is this. You need to make a list of all the people you know. Put together a list of all of your contacts. Think through the different groups of people you know. So you're going to have family members, friends, work colleagues, school friends, neighbours. In fact, everyone you know. Now, by thinking of different groups, you can focus on that group and hopefully you're not going to forget people. And this might be a list that you start to put together, but actually you're going to keep on adding to this. Now, don't make any assumptions about who might have money and who doesn't have money, because some people who may not have money might know other people who do have money. So put everybody you know on this list and keep adding to it. Now, I'd encourage you to listen to this entire podcast and then maybe go back and do each step one at a time. And you should stop the recording and start making this to get some momentum going. But listen to the whole podcast first and then you can go back to this step. Now, step number two is about telling everybody what you do. Now, you might think, yeah, well, what do you mean by that, Simon? People know I'm in property. Well, do they? Do all your personal contacts know that you are a property investor? And what exactly does that mean anyway? So rather than saying you're a property investor, you might start telling people that you help people who need to sell their property quickly and you help investors who get a great return on their money. So this is being very specific what you do and how you can help people. If you just say I'm a property investor, people may not know what that means. They might make assumptions about it, but instead you're being very specific. So let me say that again. I help people who need to sell their property quickly and I help investors get a great return on their money. Now, if you start saying this to people, you're being very clear how you can help them. And they might know someone who's got a property that they're struggling to sell, or they might have some money themselves. They might want to get great return on that money. Now, there are three ways of you telling people this. First of all, you can put it out on your social media. And by the way, you should constantly be posting your social media. When you post, not everyone in your um, in your network sees that. So you need to repeat it several times. 
you can obviously systematically work through your contacts. If you're not spoken to people for a while, you can message them through social media and say, hey, look, I'm not, we've not seen each other for a while. Uh, do you fancy a, a catch-up? And you can have a call with them. And you don't dive straight into this. You kind of ask them about what they're doing and how they are. And they'll ask you about what you're doing. You say, hey, I'm really excited. I've got this new business I'm running. Um, and you know, um, I'm helping people who need to sell their houses quick and people who want to get a great return on their money. And obviously, when you physically meet up with people, just drop this into the conversation as well. Now, you might say, well, hang on a minute. I'm, I'm not sure I want to do that to everyone, Simon, because, you know, I work. I don't want to tell my work colleagues I've got a business. It's not very professional. Well, I understand that. If you're at work, you might talk about your new hobby. Most people are OK with you having hobbies. My new hobby is I'm helping people who need to sell houses quickly and helping people get a great return on their money. And so... If you want to keep it professional, a hobby might be the best thing to say, but you must treat your investing like a business. Now, you're going to get a couple of different reactions from people. Some people might say, hey, actually, uh, I'm trying to sell a property, or they might know someone who's trying to sell a property. Some might ask you, uh, what do you mean by a good return on your money? Now, if they say that, by the way, that's a good clue. They might well have some money that's sitting in the bank doing nothing for them. And the third response, you might get some people who are a little bit sceptical or they're, they're mocking you, taking the mickey. Well, that's fine. And if it's on social media, guess what? You've got this amazing little button called an unfriend button. And if someone's being a bit negative, you can just unfriend them. But I want to make a little comment about this, and that is that very often people make comments on social media, they have a go at people, and actually it's not really about the person they're having a go at, it's about them, it's about their inferiority, and they think having a go at someone else makes them feel a little bit better. So don't worry what other people think, okay? Now, this is important that having made this list and suggested you tell everyone what you do, step two, you've got to schedule your time into your diary to make this happen. And start today, make it a habit. Every day you might reach out to three people on your list and just see how they're doing. And then when you get into conversation, you can start telling them about this. Now, step three is very important. Step three is you need to explain that you are educating yourself. Some people might be very skeptical about your investing knowledge or your investing ability. After all, what do you, what do you know about property? You know, you might be fairly new to it. So the best thing is don't argue with people. You want to agree with people. Say, so, you know, you're absolutely right. Many people lose money when investing in property. And that's why I'm educating myself. It will be foolish to do this on my own. And I want to make sure I avoid the mistakes made by most amateurs. So to minimize the risks, I've got access to a large network of investors all around the UK to help me. And I'm learning from Simon Zucci, who's the author of the bestseller, Property Magic. Now, obviously, people on my mastermind program, they're doing the mastermind with me, but you are learning from me. You're listening to these podcasts. Hopefully, since listening to these podcasts, you're learning more about successful property investing than you knew before you were listening to them. And I hope you're going to continue listening to these podcasts. So that's completely true. We're not telling any lies here. And can you tap into a, a network of investors all around the UK? Well, absolutely you can. You can plug into our property investors network and there are people all over the country who are successfully investing some people at pin meetings are very new some people are very successful you can plug into that network and get support 
Now, step four, and again, this is what my mastermind students do, but you can also do this. They leverage off my credibility. So you might not have any track record in property, uh, but I do. And you're learning from my experience. So instead of uh, you trying to explain to your contacts why you're investing in property and why it's a good idea, you can let me do it for you. You see, I've got a track record. I've got experience. I've got credibility. And I'm the author of an Amazon bestselling book all about property investing. Now, my book, Property Magic, has actually been written so that you can give it to other people. And it explains in that book how at some point most investors run out of their own money and they start using other people's money. So this positions with people why you might be using other people's money to invest. Because people might say, well, why don't you use your money? And you say, well, I'm using my money, but I'm not going to have enough to fund all the deals I'm finding. So by giving people a copy of Property Magic, it opens up their minds to the possibility of working with you without you having to ask them directly to do it. Now, this is very, very powerful. So what I would say to people, I, I'm, you can met step three, mention you're educating yourself because it'd be foolish not to, to try and do it on your own. Um, say you're learning from me. And then you can say to people, step four, leverage my credibility is, look, if you're interested, um, I can send you a spare copy of Simon's book. OK, so you lend them a copy of this book and say, look, I was going to send this to someone else, but I'm going to send it to you first. When can you read it? Now, this is important. Unfortunately, when things are free, sometimes people don't value them. So you're giving them or lending them a copy of Property Magic, your copy or another copy, and you want to make sure that they value that and actually read it. You know, I'm sure that you are like me. You must have loads of books at home, which you've bought, you've paid good money for, but you've not got around to reading it. I've got hundreds of them. Um, but we want to make sure they read this book because we want them to understand that when you know what you're doing, actually investing in property is a very good thing to do. And obviously you are educating yourself with me. And so you want to give them a book and say, when can you read it? And then Let's say, oh, I'll read it next week or two weeks. Get them to give you a firm date. So, oh, okay, I'll read it within a certain time frame. And you want a firm date because you want to be able to go back to them. Now, um, to give them a copy of my book, if you've got one, you can physically give it to them. You could just go onto Amazon and send it to someone as a gift. Now, this is really a powerful thing to do because you can put a little message in there saying, hey, this is from from you. I uh, hope you enjoy the book. And that's starting reciprocation. It doesn't cost much on Amazon. It's like, I know, eight pounds or something. And if you're a member of Amazon Prime, the postage is free as well. So it's a very cost effective way of sending the book to someone. Now, step number five is critically important. It's about following up on your contacts. So let's say you've sent someone a copy of the book and they've said, I'm going to read it in two weeks time. Just contact them and say, hey, did you receive the book? How are you getting on with it? And it, because it will have come from Amazon, they go, oh, well, thanks so much for sending me a copy of the book. So you've got this reciprocation starting. And then they may have started reading it. They may not have done. But the fact you've called them and checked they've got it and asked them about it, it's going to guilt the trip them a little bit into starting to read it. Now, maybe they finished it already. Maybe they're halfway through or they're not even started yet. But it'll actually get them to take action and start reading the book. If they have read it, ask them what they thought. Um, and then, you know, you can remind them that if they haven't read it, that you did want to give it to someone else. You wanted to get it back to give someone else. 
And so you arrange a time you can meet up with them to get it back and have a chat. Okay. Now, step number six, we don't actually want to get the book back. We're going to let them keep it. Um, so when you meet up with them and ask them, what do they think about the book? Hopefully they're going to uh, enjoy it. And then what you respond to that, you say, I'll tell you what, why don't you keep that copy? I've bought another one to give to my other friend. So you were suggesting that you were just lending it to them because you wanted them to actually read it so you can give it to someone else. But you always intended to give it to them, uh, which, as I said, encourages reciprocation. And you might suggest that actually they read it again and they'll pick up things that they missed the first time round. And by the way, you should absolutely do that as well. If, if you read it a while ago, read it again because you will find things you missed the first time round. Now, this is very important. This is where the magic happens. Step number seven, you ask them, who do they know who? So explain to them that you're starting to find some profitable property projects from what you've learned. And then you ask them, who do you know who might want to share in some of these profits? Now, this is very important. You'll notice we've not asked them directly if they want to invest. And this is the great thing about this 10 step process. You never have to ask anyone directly for money. So you don't have to get embarrassed by that. You're just asking them, who do they know who might like to share in some of your profits? Now, this gets them thinking about people in their network who might have some funds. But if they personally have some money, they can ask you questions about this without actually committing anything to you or without even revealing that they have money to lend to you. And so they will probably ask you how it works. And then you can basically respond, well, people make loans to me and I give them a, a, a really high percent compared to what they get in the bank. And then anyone who's got money in the bank is going to be interested by this. And they say, okay, well, well, tell me more about that. And then you go to step five. And this step, um, I want to share with you three power questions. And these are three power questions that I normally only give to people on my three-day advanced mastermind accelerator course uh, and in some of our home study courses as well. So I don't normally give this away for free, but I'm giving you the whole thing. So these are the power questions you need to learn off by heart. So if you ask these questions, it will lower the amount of interest you have to pay to people and it will manage their expectations about the kind of return they can get. So here's question number one. You say, OK, well, can I just ask you, uh, how much are you currently making on your money in the bank? Now, when people answer, it's going to be a lot less than one percent at the moment. And I'd say to them, oh, how do you feel about that? And we want to them to connect to the pain because they're not going to feel very good at getting less than one percent right now so can i ask you how much you're making on your money at the moment question number two is if we work together how much interest would you like to earn now you will be surprised that most people will say anywhere between three and six percent per annum three to six percent which is about the same cost as it's going to cost you for a mortgage if you're borrowing from a bank okay you might think they want more money and many investors make a mistake by trying to offer people they can maybe afford a 10 percent return because it's such a good project but if you offer someone a high return well very often they might get scared off. They might say, well, that sounds like too much. That sounds too good to be true. How on earth is that possible? And so rather than scaring them off, 
Or let's say they say, oh yeah, 10%, that's a great return. And you've offered too much money. You ask them how much they want to earn. As I said, most people will be three to 6%, which is very, very affordable. And for them, that is a very high rate of return compared to what they're getting at the moment. And then the final question, number three is this. If I was able to pay that high rate of interest, and I've just emphasized that word, you want to make sure you use it in the sentence, how long would you like to earn that high return for? If I was able to pay that high rate of interest, how long would you like to earn that high return for? Now, most people say as long as possible, um, they might have a year or two, whatever, but this helps set their expectations. And then if they, they say, yeah, I'd like to get it for you know two years, whatever, then you ask, okay, well, how much do you have to invest? Now, once people have opened up, they might share with you. Very often, people will not lend all their money to you. They'll lend a little bit of money. They want to test it all works, test that you pay the interest, test that they get it back, um, and then they might lend you more money. Remember, these are all people who you already know. This is not going out on Facebook asking for money, This, which is not a good thing to do, by the way. This is contacts, family, friends, work colleagues, people you already know, people who like you, people who trust you. So the, the trust element's there. They just want to make sure you know what you're doing in property. Step number nine is get them ready to move. Once you've established that people are interested, you need to get them ready when you find a suitable deal. Now, make sure their funds are ready and it's not tied up. For example, sometimes people got money in an interest, high interest bearing account. I say high, it's not a lot at the moment, but there's maybe a lock-in period. They need to give notice to the bank. Or maybe if they're releasing equity from a property, they need to go through that remortgage process before their money is available. So make sure their money is ready to go. And then you set up a very simple loan agreement. So it's going to be one page. You must always have some documentation, even if you know them really well and they're a best friend just put it down in writing it's got your name and address their name and address how much they're lending you how long they're lending for what the interest rate is keep it nice and simple now you might think what about security look some people might want to have some security a second charge a restriction a personal guarantee but some people if they know like and trust you they'll just lend you the money you know so uh, don't worry about what security they may or not want and don't offer security if they ask for it you can talk to them about what they might want but just get the loan agreement in principle first of all and then step number 10 the final step is you test them with a dummy deal Often people might agree to lend money to you, but then at the very last minute, they get cold feet and they pull out. Now, you want to make sure they don't pull out, especially if you're about to buy the deal of the decade and you need their money as the deposit funds. So let them know once you've agreed they've got some money, let them know you've got a live deal ready to go. And that will flush out. <clears throat> excuse me, Aaron. <clears throat> That will flush out any concerns or objections they might have. And obviously handle these concerns as best you can. Now, if they do want to move forward, uh, you can say, look, I don't have exclusivity on this deal and I've got to move quick. And then you can come back to say, oh, we didn't quite move quick enough. We've got to be quicker next time. And at least you know that they are ready to go and lend the money to you. Um, and then obviously make sure you're out there looking for great deals and you come up with a deal and then you can use their funds. Um, but as I said, if they're not ready to invest, this is a great way of just handling any objections to make sure when you do actually get a real deal, they are ready to move quickly. Now, once you've completed your first loan with them and you've returned all the money back to them, guess what? 
they're going to want to lend money to you again. Unless they're a property investor themselves and they're using it on another project, they're only going to put it back in the bank, get no money there, and they're going to get used to the high return you're paying them. So they might also have extra funds that they're going to release to you as well. So you don't need a lot of private investors. In case you think, oh, none of my friends have money, well, actually... In this country, we don't really talk about it. It's not seen as etiquette to say what you've got. And I'm pretty sure you will know some people who maybe have got some savings. They've got some money from a sale of a property or sale of a business. Uh, they've got some inheritance um, in the bank. And you don't know because you've not asked them and people don't talk about it. But money in the bank is doing nothing for them. So you can help your family and friends. In fact, if you don't tell your family and friends how you can help them get a great return on their money, you're potentially stealing that opportunity. You're denying them that opportunity to make some money. So that would be pretty selfish, really. And I don't think you're going to be a selfish person. If you're listening to this, you want to better yourself, you want to improve yourself and, and help other people. So start telling everyone what you do. So here are the summary of those 10 steps. First of all, number one, make a list of all the people you know. Number two, start telling everyone what you do. Step three, explain you are educating yourself. Step four, leverage my credibility. You may not know about property, but I do. So leverage my credibility. Number five, follow up your contacts. Number six, let them keep the copy of the book you've given them. That gets reciprocation. Step number seven, ask them who do they know who now remember, you never ask anyone direct for money. You say, who do they know who might want to get a better return on their money? Step number eight, you ask the three power questions. Step number nine, you get them ready to move. And step number 10, you test them with a dummy deal just to make sure you've got rid of all the concerns and the objections. So there we are. That is a very quick summary of the 10 steps to raising private finance. We've had a lot of my mastermind students have followed these steps exactly, and they've raised a significant amount of money, sometimes from people they didn't even know would have money or they didn't even think would lend money to them. So just give this a go and you'll find it works incredibly well. If you got value from this uh, podcast, I'd love it if you could give me a five-star review and type in what specifically you got out of this, what how you benefited, because this will help other people find the podcast and they can also benefit from this knowledge and information. Until next time, I encourage you to invest with knowledge investor skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.